I did it without an album All the ones can still care about mixtape If you want to know about, you know, what I was going through Or what I had gone through during this particular period in my life You know, listen to the album It's like I'm working on an album and a mixtape at the same Welcome to the album and the mixtape, your place to celebrate the importance of sharing our experiences through hip-hop and music, therefore, storytelling through bars. I'm your host, Julie M., mathematician, chemist, lawyer, daughter, friend, sister, mentor, mentee, hip-hop storyteller, ballet dancer, and most importantly, Jesus-loving kind of gal. What's up, y'all? Welcome to the album and the mixtape. It's your girl, Julie Today's episode has me incredibly excited because it's about my beloved, my favorite place in the whole wide world, the best city ever to grace this planet, Houston, Texas, a.k.a. Scrooston, Texas. Um, As you may or may not know, I, um, if you can't tell, born and raised Houston, Texas by way of Nigeria. My parents immigrated here in the early 80s and I was born here. Um, But Houston culture, music, food, all of that is embodied into um, who I am, the way I move. I think I think people from Texas are pretty unapologetic about being from Texas, even though we know we got some real messed up parts of Texas. We still love it the same. But I'm so excited to talk about this song today and to talk a little bit about Houston's hip hop culture. And I'm not going to dive into it too deep because we could talk about it for a very long time. So I'm not going to be able to give it the due credit and the justice uh, that it really needs into the discussion today. But I, I want to give you a little bit of an overlay. You know, I think a lot of people, you know, hip hop evolved from the East Coast. Then you have a lot of stuff on the West Coast. You know, you have your Bay Area hip hop and people typically look at the South. They think we're slow. They think we're dumb. They think, oh, God, I remember when I visited New York for the first time. Somebody was like, do y'all ride cowboys to school? And I was like, no, we don't. We have cars and streets. Thank you very much. There are all kinds of preconceived notions about the South, particularly Texas. What's so beautiful about Texas is we really were able to put ourselves on the map in a very real way. And it first originated with Jay Prince and Rap-A-Lot Records and kind of our forefathers of Houston hip-hop, the Ghetto Boys. Shout out to Willie D., Willie D was there when I started my podcast two years ago and was a supporter from the beginning and supported the concert we had last year for Hurricane Harvey with Trey the Truth. So big ups to Willie D for always being a constant supporter and shout out to uh, Rosa the Explorer for the connect on that. So the Ghetto Boys is kind of where Houston hip hop originated and Jay Prince being that kind of godfather of Houston hip hop. But in the early 90s, we started to see a little bit of an evolution with a young, amazing kid by the name of Robert Earl Davis Jr., who was born in Smithville, Texas. Robert Earl Davis Jr. is also known as DJ Screw. DJ Screw was the pioneer of what we now call the chopped and screwed method. And if you don't know, chopped and screwed is basically when you cut down the music, you slow down the tempo between like the 60 and 70, you know, beats per minute and you skip the beat, 
you stop it, you scratch it, and you chop it up basically, right? So it's like, I'm going to I'm I'm come down, down, right? So it's a little something like that. And I'm going to come down is a famous Houston term where we are always going and coming. Anyways, DJ Screw was the originator of this new sound, this new wave in Houston, Texas. He was a part of a group primarily called the uh, Screwed Up Click. And I, the Screwed Up Click, S-U-C, uh, they're basically a collective based out of the age. You know, you had Hawk, Pokey, shout out to Pokey. You had the Botany Boys, ESG, Flip, Lil O, shout out to Lil O from 8900 Brazewood. That's my neighborhood where I'm from. Um, you had Trey the Truth, shout out to Trey for always being a good partner of the album and the mixtape. But you had the screwed up click, right? So this was the group of people. This was a collective of people that were a part of this movement. So this was in the early 90s. Most of the people who are a part of the SUC are from the south side of Houston, Texas, um, which is where I'm from. I'm from the southwest, not A-Leaf, Texas. I'm from the southwest, like Gessner, Braisewood, Fondren, West Airport, all love to the SWAT, but I'm from like the real, real, real Southwest. You know, the SUC really began to take form and shape in Houston hip hop culture because they were primarily from the South Side. They were say a lot of like, you know, forget the North, F the North and a lot of their raps. And then this is where you start to see the artists from Swisher House start to emerge. Swisher House was founded in 97 by Michael DJ 5000 Watts and OG Ron C. And they wanted to provide a space for the North Side hip-hop artists that were coming out of the age. What's so interesting is back then, probably like in the, in the 90s and in the early 2000s, there was like this friendly beef. I don't think anyone died over it. And, and let me be clear, I'm not quite certain. I was a bit of a kid, but still like an adolescence growing up in it. But it was a friendly beef. It was like what the north side rode on blue and the south side rode on red or vice versa. I can't remember. It was very much so a contentious relationship, but it was still um, an amicable, friendly, competitive relationship between the North and the South. So Swisher House then formed in 97 as its own collective. Um, and this, this is where you see Hall Wall, Chameleonaire, Slim Thug, and all of these other artists, Mike Jones, basically emerge from. I think a few months later, a few months before, Rec Shop Records ended up forming as an independent record label in Houston, founded by Derek Dixon, a.k.a. D-Rec. And you had a couple of the same artists from SUC, such as Big Pokey and Mo. You had ESG, you had Pimp Tight. So that was basically like the Rec Shop family organization that was formed in 97 as well. I just wanted to give you a little bit of history on the evolution of Rap-A-Lot into the DJ Screw movement in the early 90s, followed by the formation of Swisher House and Rec Shop Records in 1997. And I also would be remiss if I didn't take the time to just really big up a couple of people that played a critical role in the Hurricane Harvey concert, the benefit that we had at South by Southwest last year. So I just want to take a moment uh, to shout out those Houston artists. So basically the album and the mixtape partnered with Home Depot, uh, Pastel Creatives, a ton of organizations, as well as Relief Gang, Airbnb, in order to put on this benefit concert to raise money for Hurricane Harvey survivors. 
The concert was headlined by Trey the Truth. We had local artists from Houston who were doing their things, Rob Gallette, Dante Higgins, and the lovely Miss Naughty. And I appreciate the support we got from Bun B, Propane, Slim Thug, Paul Wall, and the lovely Crystal Wall and Willie D. Uh, so I would be remiss if I didn't shout out all of those people who played a role in making sure that the concert was successful. A lot of the money went to Houston and to Port Arthur. So a lot of people may not know Bun B is often associated with being from Houston, but he's actually from Port Arthur. And we raised most of the money for Port Arthur. Port Arthur is the sister city for where I went to college in Lamar University. So Beaumont, Texas, Port Arthur, Orange, the Golden Triangle has a special place in my heart because it played such a critical role in my rearing and in my development as an adult. And when I worked at Papa Do's in Beaumont, I got to take care of Pimp C when he got out of jail. And that was that was a pretty heavy moment for me. Uh, rest in peace, Chad Butler. So I just want to make sure I give the big ups to the Hurricane Harvey artists and people that supported. Now that we've talked about Houston hip hop at a glance, I want us to spend a little bit of time talking about Still Tippin'. Just a quick snapshot, and then we're going to go into three verses and give you the lessons out of the three bars. What's so interesting about Still Tippin' is that it came out in November of 2004. It was produced by Sally Williams. You know, this song is so interesting for many reasons. You know, Mike Jones is the ultimate hustler. And I don't mean that, but with any sort of negative connotation, because I think people typically associate the word hustler with something negative. But Mike Jones was not getting, I think, the the visibility that he wanted or that he thought he was due as an artist. So what he started doing was he started going to the strip clubs and making songs for the strippers like, hey, girl, I'll make a song for you. What's your name? Okay, Candy. You know, so then he would make a whole rap song for Candy because he couldn't get the DJs at the strip club to play his song. So then he would get the strippers bought into who he was as an artist. And then he would make personalized songs for them. And then the strippers would then say, I need you to play this song by Mike Jones. And they'd be like, who? Mike Jones, who? So I think part of that is a little bit where his tagline has came from. So he was very um, crafty and resourceful um, in marketing himself and his brand and his image. So I think A plus on the creativity piece and the resourcefulness. What's so interesting about Still Tippin is there was an original version out by Big Timer and uh, Michael Michael 5000. I think the original version had Slim Thug and Chameleonaire on it. Shout out to Chameleonaire. That's my Nigerian brother. But Big Timer ended up selling that version to Rap-A-Lot Records. And I think him and Michael 5000 got into it a bit. They had to start from the bottom up and redo the song. So what's so interesting is the original version, which you can kind of hear in the background, is very like upbeat, very up-tempo, really fast. Like It's just not like what we think about the classic Houston slow down and banging kind of song. So it's very fast. And Salid took it, he listened to it, but then he slowed it down and made it more of a, you know, we grooving, we swinging on a Saturday afternoon kind of song. So I think it's very interesting how this song came to be because the original version had Chameleonaire and Slim Thug on it. 
And then the final version ended up with Mike Jones, Paul Wall, and Slim Thug. So before we get into the lyrics and the dissection for today, I just want to give you a couple of definitions around what 4-4s means for those of you who are not familiar with Houston vernacular, Houston swang, tang, and our culture. The 4-4s are a type of rim with spokes coming out of it. And 4-4s are short for 1984, which was when the rim was actually made and developed. Uh, The rims became incredibly hard to get, incredibly hard to attain. So if you had these 1980 foes, the faux 4s, rims, then you were considered like special or, you know, hot, whatever the case may be, for being able to actually get your hands on some. So still tipping on 4 4 So I'm swinging in my car, still tipping. And it's wrapped in for Vogue's. And Vogue's is the actual kind of tire that was wrapped around the 4-4 rims. And it had like a white wall around it and a yellow trim. So this speaks to, I'm still moving in the world. I'm still tipping. I'm still moving. I'm still navigating with these exclusive elite rims that are hard to attain. The other thing I wanted to share about Still Tipping before I go into it is this song is incredibly special to me because when I pledged, a.k.a. at Lamar University, I actually came out and probated to this song. So typically, women of Alpha Kappa Alpha, there's a preconceived notion that AKAs are stuck up and bougie and too pretty to touch and all of that. But what's so interesting is that the AKAs in Texas, the AKAs from this part of the South, I think, are not bougie, too pretty to touch. Now, let's be clear. We're pretty. Let's be clear. But we're so down to earth. We listen to screw music. You can catch us doing just about anything. We can hang with anyone and we can move in any crowd. So particularly my chapter, the Zeta Beta chapter, we were like a real down to earth chapter. I came out to the song Still Tippin' was the song that I probated to in 2005. So while people may have had like pretty, pretty songs in different chapters across the country, I was like, I will be coming out to a song that speaks to me where I'm from in my culture. So that's another reason why Still Tippin' is very important to me. So now let's go ahead and go into the bars. So you can't see up in my window. So Slim Thug says... 5% tint, so you can't see up in my window. So 5% tint is like one of the darkest tints you can get on your car. The scripture that we're going to talk about as it relates to this particular bar is making sure that you allow your light to shine. In Matthew 5, 15 through 16, the Bible says, Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand. And it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. So although in this bar, Slim Thug is saying 5% tint so you can see up in my window, typically at times we like to move in silence or do things in silence. And I am the number one advocate and proponent of doing that. But I realize when you don't share the gifts that God has given you and the blessings that he has given you, you're kind of dishonoring God. 
So this bar encourages you actually to not have 5% tint, maybe have 95% tint, and let your light shine. Let's go on to the next bar. Mike Jones says, got a lot of haters and a lot of homies, some friends and some phonies. This verse speaks to the importance of discernment and being incredibly thoughtful and intentional about who you are keeping around you. 1 Samuel 16, 7 says, But the Lord said to Samuel, Do not consider his height or his appearance, for I have rejected him. The Lord does not look at the things people look at. People look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. 1 King 3.9 says, So give your servant a discerning heart to govern your people and to distinguish between right and wrong. For who is able to govern this great people of yours? It's important to understand that as you move and traverse about this world, you will have all kinds of people around you. You have to just know what your non-negotiables are. A lot of you have probably heard from my earlier podcast that I have three non-negotiables that I live by. So you've got to understand for yourself, what are your discerning non-negotiables that you live by? For me, mine is one, I don't like to have in my intimate space anyone who doesn't treat a CEO the same way they would treat a janitor. Two, I don't do bullies. And three, if you can't celebrate someone even when you're going through it, from a personal perspective, I can work with you, I can love on you, I can break bread with you to an extent because breaking bread is very vulnerable. But for those three things for me, those are my non-negotiables. It is very important that you are very thoughtful about being about praying and asking God for discernment as you're moving about this world and figuring out who to keep around you in your circle. And let's get into the final bar from Paul Wall. I'm crawling similar to an ant because I'm low to the earth. People's feelings get hurt when they figure out what I'm worth. Paul Wall says, I'm crawling similar to an ant because I'm low to the earth. This verse speaks about humility. You know, after you have done everything to make sure that you're letting your light shine, after you are being careful and thoughtful about your discernment, you still have to remain humble, even in your gift. James 4.10 states, Humble yourselves before the Lord, and you will be exalted. Philippians 2.3 says, Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourself. So ultimately, no matter what you've been called to do, whatever light God has given you, and however you've moved about the world in which you have discerned the people that are around you as you were seeking to give light and give birth to the thing that God has placed on your heart, it is incredibly important that throughout the whole process, no matter how high or how low you go, you remain humble. I want to hear from you. I want to hear about any time that you've had difficulty navigating and letting your light shine I want to hear about anything that you've dealt with or any tips that you have and how you've discerned people around you. And finally, I'm curious to learn how you've remained humble. Email me at julie at albummixtape.com or you can DM me on an IG or Twitter at julie m baby, like Wheezy F baby, I know I'm a Wayne fan. Julie M baby, M is in Marie on Twitter, Instagram, or hit us up on Instagram at albummixtape. So until the next time. We're still tipping. Fofos, I'm tipping. Wood grain, I'm gripping. Catch me lying, switching with the paint dripping. Turn your neck and your dang missing. Me 
and slim, we ain't trippin' I'm figure flippin' and sir sippin' Like do or die, I'm pole pimpin' Car stop, rims, keys